What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Goodbye, University. <laughs> okay, was that my imagination? Or did Takshu just do an echo, or did someone do a Robert imitation? <laughs> did anyone else hear that? No. no, it was just me. I just remember the days when Robert used to say, Takshu, recorded live. Okay, this actually is our Year of the Manifestor call for September. We're talking about prioritizing joy this month, and I'm really glad to see who's dialed in because, as I said before we hit the recorded button, I, I'd like to hear your input on this subject. Um, I'm, I'll get us started off, but please pay attention and chime in with your wisdom and insights and experiences because I think we'll all benefit from a discussion on this subject rather than a lecture. So let's talk first briefly because I think most of us know why conscious creators are even talking about joy. We all know that joy or happiness or feeling good, passion, I see Cindy is here, whatever we want to call it, um, that's the ticket to what we want. And anyone who listened to Cindy's call the other day knows that in energy leadership there is a distinction made between joy and passion. Cindy, I was just telling Nancy the other day that kind of reminded me of the, I'm sorry to sidetrack us in the first five minutes of the call, but I'm thinking about how Abraham makes a distinction between appreciation and gratitude. And I was thinking, as I was putting notes together for this call, I was considering it the same, but after the call you gave us the other day, I realized that's probably not the case. But at any rate, we know the reason that manifestors are paying attention to joy or shooting for it or focusing on it for in any way is because it puts us in the kind of alignment that allows us to receive everything we've been wanting, right? This Abraham would say that getting happy is that's how you get in the vortex, and in the vortex is where all your cool stuff is. In fact, Abraham has said many times, the very core of our message to you is this simple, get happy. I like to quote, I actually heard it from Wayne Dyer, but he was quoting Abraham when he said, nothing is more important than that I feel good. Bashar says, following your highest excitement, it is in itself. That is a complete system. You don't need anything other than that. If all you did was focus on where your greatest bliss or passion was, you're home free. I was trying to think of other LOA teachers who weren't influenced by Abraham or Bashar. So, but uh, does anyone know any other LOA teachers who talk about joy as an essential component of our vibration management practice? Well, virtually all of them do. I know Marcy Shimoff wrote the book about happy for no reason. Yeah, ooh, that's a good resource, Kay. I'm adding that to the resource mm. list because I had a couple of books I thought people might enjoy. So let me add happy for no reason. Um so our, if anyone thinks of another teacher that you can quote, I'd love to hear it on the call. So, I, But my point being, I think most of us know this stuff. I think what I just shared isn't going to be news to anyone listening to this. We've all heard it. And yet, practicing it is different than knowing it. <laughs> so um, I think the reason why we find it challenging sometimes to prioritize joy when we're standing smack dab in the middle of our real life, I think there can be a couple of reasons why why this is easier said than done. And I love the thought that that's a limiting belief, that it really is as easy as saying it to do it. Ooh, I like that thought a lot. But when I thought about, okay, if we know this, how come more of us aren't making it more important? And I thought, for one, I know this is true even for people who've been studying conscious creation for a while. Mm. A lot of people don't fully trust it. They don't. Another reason is some people, they when they care too much what other people think. And so like our spouse or our boss <laughs> or our parents, they don't approve of it or understand it. That, so we feel some pressure from what others are thinking about how we're engaging life if we go for just joy. 
some people, their challenge is that they actually don't know how to get there. Like they're so far away from it, they, they wouldn't even know where to start. Another challenge, I think, is that uh, many of us have old programs of feeling like we have to earn it or, you know, um, work for our reward, like that kind of conditioning is prevailing and that's what keeps us from prioritizing joy. And another one I had on the list, what does this mean? I said, life is just so darn unjoyful. <laughs> some some people, the way we've crack, we've crafted our lives, it's just not oriented around this. It's oriented around other things, so we're just really far away from it, and it seems like a big leap to make to make joy more important than anything else. But I'd like to hear from you guys. What other challenges come to mind when you think about why why I understand why muggles don't do this, but but people who understand the power of joy, why do you think they don't? And even if it's something that I repeated, I'd love to hear your thoughts on why you think we aren't already better at this, at prioritizing joy, than we are. I, I just put in chat that a lot of people, even though they intellectually know about it, they just don't prioritize it and haven't created a habit. Nancy? You're speaking to something that I was I had put in the notes later on about how I was wondering how how many of us have gotten really deliberate and conscious about what we make important in life because I wondered is it that people have limiting beliefs about other stuff is more important or is it that they actually haven't chosen consciously you, What you just said was speaking to that yeah. would you agree yeah, I, I and and I think you know they listen to you, they listen to other uh, LOA teachers, and they nod their head. Yep, that makes sense. Yep, yep, yep. And then they just keep going. I'm you know, in the same category. I'm in the same category. I I mean, I could probably I didn't think of an example, but I could probably think of something where I made something else more important than feeling good. Oh, I bet I can, I bet I have one. I bet I don't have a specific example. But I just knowing me, and I've got I've gotten a way 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 better at this. But I bet I've done it because when my happiness seemed to conflict with someone else's, there are times when I choose to make someone else happy. And then some would say, "Well, that's actually you are choosing in favor of your own joy because it makes you happy to make someone else happy." But there are two ways to go about that. You can do it as the martyr who's sacrificing and never gets what she wants, or you can do it as someone who's happy to give someone else what they want, even when it wasn't what you wanted. Mm -hmm. I've done both. Like you can say, you know what, in this case, I, you know, what I wanted is less important than seeing this person happy right now. I feel like I cut you off too soon, Nancy. I'd love to hear you expand on what you were saying. Well, no, I just think that um, we we forget that the way that we live is kind of a habit at, it, it, our existing yep. way of being is a habit, and yep. that the way you create a new habit, the way you develop a new habit, is to practice it. And you, it really is something you kind of have to think about and plan for, and you know, put it in your days for at least. I know they used to say 21 days to make a, hab a habit. Then they said it was. 28 days. Then they said it was 30, and then some people have said no, it's more like 60 to 90. <laughs> so, you know, 21. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to make a commitment, and maybe you start yeah. at 21, and then you repeat 21 again, and then you repeat 21 again until it's something that is is just natural to you and becomes um, something that you do without even really thinking about it. But I, I think there's sometimes an expectation that just because I know something intellectually means that I'm going to also, well, you know. I, per I personally think that's the big gap in our highest manifesting success to start with, let alone practicing joy. Because I think most of us here already know enough to completely rock our entire world, but it's just a matter of practicing it, closing that gap between knowing and doing. I think that's mm -hmm. a huge one. We we should do a call on that sometime. Hey, um, Susan, what are your thoughts on what what sorts of challenges are keeping people from people who know what's keeping them from making their happiness more important? Well, one thing I wanted to um, read in Aries Diva's thought 
and she says some maybe some don't know what brings them joy and can't right. be joyful as much as possible. So to d- default to how they usually feel. Oh yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Who was the guy, John Stossel? isn't necessarily my favorite guy on the planet, but I remember he did a special years and years and years ago about happiness. And he, in his series or in his show, he was making the argument that some people just aren't designed to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I I got to say that I think that for people, that, that, like Nancy was saying, you know how we get wherever we want to be? We practice. <laughs> Like, we don't just assume, because, look, I don't, when I'm little, I don't know how to tie my shoes. You don't assume you don't know how to tie your shoes. You practice until one day you can tie your shoes. It's like being willing to, to um, practice it. I think we could get there. I, I would refuse to agree with John when he said some people just aren't programmed, and I think he meant, like, in their brain. Ooh, Janet could speak to this. In their <laughs> brain or, or, oh, Janet's dialed in. Oh, I knew you were in chat room. I didn't know you were dialed in. Hello. I just, Is it too hello, early I to just... call on you? <laughs> I just dialed in, and and, uh, and yes. Okay. All right. We'll come back to you later. Good. Nice Good. to hear Thanks. your voice, though. Uh, Susan, I'll let you finish uh, reading in from Aries Diva. But I did. That was uh, oh, okay. I also think that for some of us are so used to, if if this is important to me, then it's serious. Hmm. And mm-hmm. instead of being seriously joyful, they they you know the emotion or feeling they bring to it is intensity, mm. which um, begins to block out the pleasure that just thinking about the the process of being joyful of of immersing ourselves in that and I absolutely agree you know I wrote it in actually in the chat room earlier earlier is you know how do you get to joy practice 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 the same way you get to Carnegie Hall Um, and so that is that I also think that sometimes we're in such a rush that we don't enjoy, we don't savor, we don't um, wrap ourselves in the pleasure that is the path. Agreed. Because once we're there, nothing else matters. Mm. If you're immersed in joy in the moment, you're not attached. I mean, looking at the pictures of the house, it just is a pleasure. Well, it's funny you would bring that up because I, as you were describing, you know, how people can make it too serious and intense, I was thinking, I went, ooh, because I could recognize that in my own self. The, when, and it's only been a half day. When I, uh, for those who aren't in chat room i had shared a link to a house i was really excited about my ex-boyfriend sent it to me and my i was like this is my house this is amazing like i was just all good vibes all good vibes and then i looked at it some more and i looked at it some more and i emailed an agent and i looked at it some more and i talked about it a little bit i I emailed a link to my mom i emailed one to melanie i shared one with susan and then and i and pretty soon i was like um I was like, oh, no, okay, but what if someone's interested in it right now? What if it's overpriced? What if it, you get snowed in in the winter, like you never get to get out? What if, like I start, how are you going to come up with that much money? Like I started I started getting serious about it, even in that thing that you're using as an example of how, you know, pure joy here. Yeah, I started to turn it into a, okay, now, you know, like I can be a joy killer. Right, absolutely. And, you know, when to the views from this house are astonishingly beautiful. And you moved yourself away from just that feeling of unfettered pleasure with all these other things. 
I mean, I looked at it, I looked at the price and thought, oh, that's no well, barrier. Well, Fun. That, I, love, I love your thought. I was like, well, yeah, for you. <laughs> no, for you. Yeah, I got, I got, I got to join you in that page. I got to join you in that page. Um, um, so just to, uh, Aries Diva says, when I tried making joy a priority prior, um, it started feeling like something I felt I had to do to manifest mm. what I wanted. Mm. So it became a chore instead of being a genuine emotion. And that's exactly what you did. You went Let's from... Let's talk about how to not do that. Let's talk about how to not spoil joy by making it important and a should, you know? Like, okay, this kind of makes me, it makes me think of the whole, you know, my uh, attempt at going 24 hours without complaining. I still haven't made it. I, I started to wonder, okay, it's the way to do this. Is it just to embrace complaining? You know, like, because what we resist persists. So if I'm resisting complaining then no wonder I keep coming up with one every couple hours. So maybe joy is could it possibly be the same with joy? Like I uh I don't know. I don't know if it works that way or not. If I'm just be willing to be really anti joy, I don't know. Well a uh, Guillaume talks about the Sedona method, which is that plunge into letting go of any feelings that stand between you and joy. I like that. Yeah. You know, it it seems to me that because of like what Nancy was saying earlier about how the reason more people who who know this don't practice it is because we're on autopilot that mm-hmm. some there's some sort of conscious deliberate commitment or decision. I don't know, maybe maybe there's a way to do that in a gentle, positive way that's effective, but I I don't think we get there by accident. Or this wouldn't be on our list of things that we can do to become more powerful creators this year. It, I suddenly um, was reminded of Laura Gavanter's decision: if this is your house, this is your house, and nothing else matters in that you know i kind of like this thought too well there's one version where it is and there's one version where it isn't there's one where i'm there and i love it there's one where i love and i i'm there and i hate it there's one where i'm not there and i hate it one where i'm not there and i love it i i get to pick right you and schrodinger's cat (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. um cindy are cindy are you unmuted yes i'd love to hear your thoughts what's been going through your mind through this discussion well, what's been going through my mind is that, um, and I'll try to say this without completely referencing energy leadership since some people on the call might not know what I'm talking about, but joy is a really high level of consciousness. I think we agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the easiest way to to get there is to release the lower levels of consciousness because we all have mm-hmm. a certain amount of energy and it has to go somewhere. So when we release the catabolic energy, it pops up into those higher levels. So when you were talking about, you know, first seeing the house and being like, yay, and then suddenly, you know, you got out of the present moment is what happened. Yeah, it was like, I want it. How can I make it happen? <laughs> so, right, so as soon as you get into, you know, the past, which we base so much of our decisions on, and the future, which we're uncertain about, or any thoughts that aren't in the present moment and really experiencing the joy and, and, and being there, um, that's when we have a tendency to get into those areas of fear and worry and you know seriousness that are more catabolic. So when we release those, we pop up. And so you know the, the level the place where joy is is always going to be in the present moment, and it's always going to be very close. To a place of non-judgment and when somebody was talking earlier I was muted because I was outside with my puppy who suddenly had to go out the minute the call started <laughs> uh, but you know about others and ourselves and our obligations and our commitments and and I thought of something I heard probably 30 years ago um, and I, I can't remember where I heard it but it was just the concept of 
the tyranny of the urgent. So it's like all the things that are on our list Mm -hmm. that we want to do, like meditate, (laughs) but they're not urgent. Like the urgent thing is I got to get the laundry Mm -hmm. done, I got to get to work, I have to shopping to do or whatever gets in our way. Mm -hmm. I have to take care of the kids and all of that. And the rushing, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it as well. But judgment, non-judgment is, you know, our level of consciousness is directly related to our lack of judging. Mm. Um, And so that's my thought about how to pop ourselves up there is to release those catabolic levels of energy. And then once once we recognize, you know, joy is to enjoy it. Enjoy it. Wow, I really like that, Cindy. And for anyone who is wishing that she would expand on what she's talking about here with energy leadership and catabolic energy, you're in luck because a week ago we did a call. It's in the call archives now. You can go download that and enjoy that one. Thanks for chiming in on this, Cindy. Yeah. Um, I I, I kind of want to touch – because you guys have all touched on a couple of things, including puppies – I, when I started to put together some thoughts on how we can get better at this, um, well, now at the top of my list is Susan and Nancy's suggestion to practice. And then I had added there that I think sometimes we expect too big a quantum leap for ourselves so that if, if we just intended to start small and grow it, that counts. So if all we're doing right now is attempting to feel a little bit of relief or a little less bad, that speaks really to what you were talking about, Cindy, doesn't it? Like letting go of what isn't joyful. Well, that's a little different than what I was thinking of when I thought start small. Because some people, when they think of joy, they think they're supposed to be, you know, perpetual smile and bouncing off the walls with happiness. When really, if all we did was give ourselves one reason to smile today, one extra reason to laugh, one one reason to um, feel relief, Okay, that that in itself is a step in the right direction, and the better we get at that, the more we practice it, the easier it becomes, and the further we can go with it. So starting small, I had on the list. Um, And then uh, I had eliminating what isn't joyful, like the things that really are spoiling your good time, drop those. I also put down here, proving it to ourselves that that we can trust it, that this is what works best for our lives. Because for the people who are so nervous that their life will unravel if they start having fun, you know, because they're working so hard to keep everything going, to keep life how it's supposed to be, if you just prove to yourself, and we're doing that in the treasure hunt every month when we just do our practice manifesting projects, or you can even look back on your history when joy has served you well or feeling good or happiness has led to good things. Or you can do design your own little experiments so that it becomes easier to trust it. I think that can be helpful. I have on the list connecting with a joy mentor. That's where I have kittens, puppies, kids, sometimes kids. Um, and then select friends. Like if we just pay attention to who, who we're hanging out with and consciously gravitate towards someone who can, who has that kind of energy flowing, I think that can help us get a foothold in it ourselves. You know, get on someone else's coattails for this party. Uh, creating an effective reminder to choose things in favor of joy. The same way I talk about when once we've identified our core values, the value of knowing our values is that we can make conscious decisions in favor of them. We could do the same thing with joy. When I'm looking at different alternatives, I'm thinking of the houses. Oh, man, it makes it so clear where to go. So, yeah, choose in favor of joy. And then I also have on the list to begin each day with an intention to feel better. If we just, if we, in fact, we could do that in a couple of ways. Like we could outsource it, right? We could prepave it a little or even just setting an intention. I ask guides, ooh, boy, I did this the other day when I was feeling really terrible. You guys, it was so amazing. In fact, it was yesterday. I was really upset yesterday my version of really upset is not is pretty mild. Most people wouldn't even know I was having a bad time. But um, I asked angels to help me feel better, and, and, I, and I had a dream. It was almost like, sorry for the sidetrack, but it was so amazing. It was almost like two, they felt like friends. They weren't like spiritual beings, but it felt like two friends came and each took me by one arm. And... Um, and they were ushering me along so fast, like 
I had trouble keeping up, but they took me right into better feeling territory. I mean, I felt like I got escorted into it so powerfully. It literally is bringing tears to my eyes to think how effective it was to call on help. Oh, my gosh, and it just makes me wonder, why don't I do that more often? It was amazing. So um, I, I think those are some of the, the tips for how to get better at this. But when I looked around to see what, how, what others were talking about for how to bring more joy into our daily, regular life or get happier, I saw a lot of common themes, sleeping, moving, some sort of movement, especially outside, if you can get some time in nature. Those were almost everyone that I read had those three things. And then I also saw consistent recommendations were to make a friend, any friend, doesn't even have to be a happy friend, make a friend because that will amp up your joy and happiness factor. Also to serve in some way. That's like Some people talk about it like go spread joy to others. That's how you can feel it yourself. And some were talking about it in terms of just go find a way to be of service. That'll do it. And many people were also talking about meditating. So those are some more very practical tips. For resources on on how to, like if a person wanted to study this in depth, star six, if anyone's got any background noise, or if it's static, I can, I can find it on my dashboard. Don't worry. I can do this. Don't worry. I'm going to find it. Oh, I'm really good. I'm really good like that. Okay. <laughs> Do you love How's that for self-love? Okay, that's actually another thing I was going to talk about here was that I know for me personally, I can get to joy way easier when I'm doing a good job of taking care of myself. And the three primary things for me, this is different for each of us, but for me, sleep is essential. And also having a lot of space in my day. Kind of what Cindy was talking about, how slowing down, like just having space, having room to take my time. That makes it so much easier for me to choose joy and um, a practice of self-love. And I've got some other things on my list too, but I think that's important for each of us to know so that we can set ourselves up for ease in accomplishing this. And I feel like the way I'm talking about it, accomplishing this, like we're making it a job, speaking to what Aries Diva said in chat room earlier about you know prioritizing it kind of backfires. So I want to open this up, this discussion up to hear from you guys. Who has got some thoughts who they would like to share with us? I have one more thought. This is Cindy. Thanks, Cindy. Somebody mentioned uh, Bruce Schneider. He is the developer of, of energy leadership, and he was my mentor. And one of the things he told me one time was he said, if you want to, you know, if you're whatever level of energy you're choosing, um, you know, if you want to resonate at level six energy, um, read level six books, hang around level six people, you know. <laughs> In other words, mm-hmm. so think about joy. Um you know what, I was really busy today and had some other things to do, and I was like, no, I want to be on this call. Why? Because mm-hmm. it's on a call with a whole bunch of people who are all wanting to find more joy and want to share ways to do that, and that in itself brings me joy. So right it's on. like, you know, what books bring you joy? Who in your life brings you joy? It, it may be puppies. They bring me joy. Um, but, you know, whatever it is, seek out that thing and let yourself spend time with it or them or whatever whatever thing it is. You know what? So, Cindy, what you're making me think of right now, uh, I'm thinking of the kittens that I have upstairs. And I know I have two ways that I can be in that room. There's, a, well, there's probably more than two. But I can be in that room and be um, – I can be worried. I can be worried that, okay, that looks, is that vomit or is that diarrhea? Is someone sick? I can be distracted I can be thinking, like, oh, I should be doing something else. I should have brought the computer. Da, da, da. I should, don't have time to. Or I can be present and loving every single moment of watching those kittens, even if all they're doing is sleeping. I mean, so it's it's making me think how, yeah, I put kittens and puppies on my list, but there is a way that I could engage kittens and still it wouldn't move me. You know, like it feels like how often we talk about how happiness is an inside job. Mm. Maybe some of these external things. I can use as a catalyst maybe to kickstart, but I know it's possible. I've talked with people. So many people think they'll be happy once they get their their money under control and they have an abundance of cash at their disposal. I've talked with people who have an abundance of cash at their disposal and they're miserable. You know, like the thing that we sometimes looking to it outside of us can be really disappointing when that doesn't work because um, we were counting on it and, I, it makes me. I just wanted to get a little spotlight on this idea that 
there's something about choosing it that really is where the power lies, isn't it? Yes. Jeanette, I, I, I want to chime in. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Janet. Janet. Um, I wanted to chime in because uh, this kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier about this idea that we're programmed. Some people aren't programmed for joy, and uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I've been reading um, Sonia Lubomirsky's uh, book, The How of Happiness. And one of the things that the that the research has now shown is that when it comes to um, uh, our capacity for joy, at what she calls our happiness levels, it's like. Um, she says we, we each have a, a happiness set point um, and we can move up and down from that set point just like we do from any other set point but one of the what's really interesting is there are three things that can influence how happy we are and looking at what's interesting is to look at the proportion so uh, if you say you know um, uh, if you talk about the three things one is a genetic predisposition and that can be turned on and off expression because because you have a gene for something doesn't mean that it's necessarily automatically uh, the only thing that'll happen. You can genes get turned on and off. They they either express or they don't. So you can have so 50% of our happiness levels. Each each person's happiness level around 50% comes from ge genetic predisposition. But that can be so. Some people are said to have. The shorthand for it is the depressive gene, but that only gets switched on if they are um, in stressful situations. So learning how to handle stress becomes a major way to uh, improve the happiness levels there. So that's even the, even the fifty percent that's genetic is is changeable, and then ten percent comes ten percent comes from external situations so the notion that we get our happiness you know the people who turn up saying I want you know I'll ha when I get X Y and Z I'll be happy that X Y and Z has 10% of the power to control their happiness levels that's all mm -hmm. it even major life-changing events both good and bad like you know people who mm -hmm. win the lottery people mm -hmm. who go through major um, trauma traumatic events yeah, yeah people who go through the loss of a loved one death of a loved one those things only impact their happiness level by 10% uh, in the long term. It, it has a, it has an impact immediately. There's a you know um, one of the things they talk about is the idea that people who are married are supposed to be happier than people who aren't. But actually, unless there is conscious attention paid to it, the people who get married that happiness increase lasts around two years and then it resets back to their normal happiness levels. So even the people who think that, you know, having a the perfect life partner is going to make them happy, uh, it doesn't it that doesn't have a lasting impact. The the rest of it, the other forty percent, totally within our control. Completely an inside job. So actually in effect, so we've got the genetic part which we can influence and we've got the forty percent which we can control that's 90 percent 90 percent of our happiness levels are an inside job within our control and most have been most of us have been taught that it's the reverse <laughs> so what so, we have to do is kind of step into this other awareness of what what we have the power to do and do that <laughs> you know okay so i love this janet and it feels like that was probably a really good preview for what you're bringing us is it next week on tuesday or your week? uh yeah it's the 15th at 6 p.m um, Eastern Time. Um, right on. But 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 everything that I mean, what I find so interesting is that all of the things that all of the uh, techniques for because the for me the thing about about creating joy or, or experiencing joy is if we can shift the internal landscape so that joy becomes more natural to us, then all of these questions about you know how do we let go of the things that aren't that are standing in the way of joy, I actually think the focus, if we put our focus on how do I create, it's a little bit like, uh, my, uh, my husband works in childcare, so he is exposed to all kinds of bugs and toxins all day long with those 15 kids sneezing on him and coughing on him and two-year-olds don't know how to wipe their nose, so you can imagine. Uh, his immune system has to be like, um, you know, it has to be like, I don't know, diamond to reject the viruses that he's exposed to all the time. In the, so, so somebody who's got the internal physical landscape 
that's really strong is going to walk into that and stay healthy. I think in the same way that the more we can we can uh, create our internal psychological, spiritual, emotional landscape as being joy-oriented, then the more easy it is for us to experience joy because we're already pointed in that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I'm so interested in when it comes to the brain science of joy because that's what I think it allows us to do. And of course, it won't come as any surprise to anyone here that so many of the techniques for doing that, that the research shows create that different landscape, they're all, they're all things we're familiar with. They just look a little, they might look a little different and there's a little more detail about the specifics of how they work, but this is all familiar stuff, counting your blessings, you know, appreciation, uh, making a choice, cultivating optimism, all those kinds of things. Uh, uh, but yeah, so and you're right. Practice, 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 practice. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that reminder, and I love that you were able to give us some insight on the inside job of joy. I'm looking forward to that call too, Janet. Thanks, thanks for chiming in on this one. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking you made me think about how the the external one. You know, like using our body language as a way to tap into joy. You know how Mike Dooley talks about practicing the, you know, the fist pump or some people talk about doing your happy dance, right? Be, just because before we have any reason to do the happy dance, we, uh, in fact, there's um, another member here that I'm, we're doing this together where we start each day with the, with the Yahoo. Mine is I do it in the shower. Okay, so I don't do it every day. <laughs> but every day that I shower, um, I do the, I'm like just so, like, the, like I just got the best news ever celebration. And you would not be surprised to hear how those days are filled with fabulous, fabulous things. And I know it is directly connected with that. In fact, it was a GDU member who mentioned this a while ago. I want to say maybe even last year. I can't remember who, who shared that she was doing it. Um, she shared about it in the forums, and it inspired me so much to practice it myself. So I remember the power of this one. It's a lot like Easy World where I forget to use it. But with another um, GDU member, it's been easier to remember it. Maybe that's... Part, that could be part of our joy plan is get a joy partner in this because it's easier to do with someone else than it is alone. I got sidetracked when I was going to mention the um, the books that I have on my shelf that are good. Uh, I think Nancy mentioned another one, Happy for No Reason by Marcy, The Joy Diet by Martha Beck, The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin. Um, does anyone else have other books on happiness that they really like that would be good to share? on this call? Sean Acor's books, um, Beyond, um, I'm sure Janet remembers the name of them. I don't have them in front of me right now, but one is um, Beyond Happiness or Before Happiness. That's the book I have, Before Happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, Before Happiness. And the other one is, the first one he wrote was The Happiness Advantage. Oh, and and then he followed then he followed it up with before happiness because he realised he was sort of he hadn't done the prequel. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, John and is by a good the way, guy to study for happiness. Yeah, and by the way, um, the link that Carrie shared in the forum yesterday for the the movie The Abundance Factor. Yeah. Um, in there, Sean Acor is one of the um, people that's talking, and he talks specifically about. Even people who are pessimists, what they can do, what studies have shown they can do to mm-hmm. shift that and to change that. And it's simple stuff. And in fact, it's what we practiced for money festing. Remember mm-hmm. back in 2013 when you did money festing, Jeanette? Yeah, remind we, me. Well, we shared his TED Talk, and in there he talked about how research shows that just two minutes a day of um, expressing gratitude or feeling gratitude, journaling, exercising, mm-hmm. and a random act of kindness every day. Just, you know, that that done for 21 days, you know, has a profound effect on, on people and helps them, you know, create a new neural pathway for joy and happiness. Um, and And he quoted yesterday in that, video he was quoting, he said, we found in positive psychology when the human brain is positive, every single business outcome improves dramatically. No surprise, so, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And also Bob Proctor in that movie, he had a great suggestion for a morning routine to help people start their day off in that positive 
vibration. All right, so, and that's you're quoting from the Abundance Factor movie. Carrie posted the link yesterday, you're saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like uh, theabundancefactor.com forward slash preview or something like that. But I know um, it will be in our resources forum for sure. Yeah, it's in our resources. I'll, I'll find it and I'll post it again. But um, in there, Bob Proctor had said, in the morning, first thing, write 10 things that you appreciate. Then mm-hmm. send love to three people that are bothering you. Mm. <laughs> so not the people you already love, but people who are getting under your cry. You send love to those three people, and then you sit quiet for five minutes, and then you ask for guidance for the day. And he said, if you just practice that every day, it will completely shift how you see the world and how you interact and, and how you experience the world. Well, there's some definite overlap with what Vishen was sharing in his six-phase meditation. So, yeah, And Vishen was also in that Vision. movie as well. Vishen. <laughs> i got to try and get his name right. Um, okay. So, wait. I want to hear. I know we have other people here. Uh, let me unmute Guillaume and see what your thoughts are. Because you're a well-read guy. You probably have resources to share or practices that you've found effective. Uh, let me, oh, sorry, yeah, let me think. Um, <laughs> I love it. When we, I, I call on you spontaneously, you're like, oh, <laughs> I yeah. see this sometimes. Think, other yeah, because um, the reason why I mentioned the Sedona method, um, because I've got the paraliminal called Letting Go with Held Roskin and Paul Sheely, and I've used it a few times, and it, 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 when you use when you use the um, Letting Go paraliminal, it's, it's half an hour, that track, and um, you feel... You feel a lot lighter when you when you um, when you when you finish when I finish with it and um, oh, this is the donor which is very good. Um, let me think. The only thing I could think of this might be interesting would be Paul Sheely's um, NOPS method. Let me just write that down. Um, and um, what NOPS stands for? We're seeing Paul Sheely's um, Natural Brilliance course, which basically NOPS means notice it, own it, play with it, and stay with it. So. Um, you notice what you're feeling, mm-hmm. you own what you're feeling, you play with your feelings, you stay with it, and eventually you release it. What's the play with it? Can you expand on that one? Um, let me think, how should I figure this out? Um, let, me, let me give you an example. Um, sure. It, this was a really interesting example. This was when Paul Shee first started doing photo reading seminars. Um, there was a woman on the course uh, in the seminar. She was really, really struggling, um, you know, doing the um, photo, photo reading and process. And um, he, Paul noticed that uh, himself. And um, he went to her, yeah, are you okay? And she got really frustrated. She got incredibly frustrated. She, she even started shouting and all this stuff as well. And what, what Paul did, he, he basically said, okay, okay, fine. And... Um, he he asked her to notice her feelings, and she gave her what what she was feeling, and she was feeling frustrated, tensed. I can't remember the other things as well. So and um, she, so he he made it when you own your feelings, you you it's like to say you admit you got a problem, and then what you do you you um how, when you say play with those feelings, what what she was doing, she was um how to say it. Going back, going back to what, how it all started. And so she's, she's playing with it, stay, you know, playing with, playing with those feelings, and then staying with it at the same time. And um, what what she what they found what she found out was um, when she was in the second grade, um, she was told um, that that she wouldn't amount to anything because she couldn't read. So eventually, because they found what the problem was, um, she eventually released. That issue—it was basically like a trapped emotion, you could say. Did I lose Guillaume, or did you guys lose me? Ah, uh, oh, good. I can hear you again. Brilliant. Oh, okay, right on. Right on. Well, thank you for expanding on the NOPS. That yeah. Janet's in chat room saying it sounds very similar to Tom Stone's approach, and um, I—you I, know—it might sound kind of basic, but I think a lot of people benefit from that kind of instruction. So thanks for elaborating, Guillaume. Very helpful. Yeah, no problem. You know, so, Jeanette, um, 
Susan mentioned in the chat that in 2007 she decided to be happy, and then she just practiced that repeatedly, and now she's happy. And, you know, a lot of uh, the older GBU members are aware of Susan's story, but maybe she could speak on this call about what she practiced. I, I would love if you did, Susan, because I was actually thinking that really our highest success with with prioritizing joy is going to come from deciding to. It's from making the commitment or a choice. And it sounds like that's exactly what you did. I did. I mean, you know, I haven't uh, done the genetic exploration, but I certainly spent many years uh, exercising my depressive gene. And in 2007, as a result of a seminar um, workshop that I attended, I had the realization um, that it was entirely my choice and I could choose to be happy. And making that choice, what I began to practice was identifying any feeling that did not contribute to the feeling of happiness and asking mm. myself, in a variety of ways, and some of those ways were meditation. Some of it was exploratory or freestyle writing, um, which it's interesting. I don't do that much anymore, but early on that was very useful. Um, it's similar to um, the artist's way dump pages where you just right. write whatever comes into your head. Um, using Byron Katie mm. to uh, kind of blow apart, for lack of any other uh, words, um, beliefs that were not serving me in my happiness growth. Um, and that constant reminder to myself um, that, that it was in the entirety of my feeling was my choice. And if I chose happiness, I liked it. Boy, that's, that really, it sounds really simple, but it makes good sense. Well, it's simple, but it's not simplistic. And it does mm -hmm. take practice. And now, eight years later, the majority of my life is happy, mm -hmm. um, no matter what the external circumstances. And I think the best way to illustrate that is initially the choice was that I was happy, to be happy. What involved with that choice is that I no longer suffer. I may have pain. I may have physical pain. I might have emotional pain as part of the range of emotion. But, um, and in the time, at each time I hold that up, it's not to ask, why me? It's to ask, how do I understand and if I choose, change the situation? So you, okay, one of the things I wanted to talk about on this call was that, you know, it isn't necessarily, getting to joy isn't a place where we have to go somewhere different or do something different because I don't think that we have to change anything at all in order to get to joy. It can be in all of the things we're already doing and engaging in daily life right now. It could be in our food. It can be in our conversations, our commutes. It could be in our clothes. It can be in everything that we're already doing. So I don't think being more joyful or happy is is a call to change necessarily as much as it is a call to choose. Maybe Is that kind of what we're talking about here, Susan? Yes, and, and choice may involve change, 
or mm-hmm. it may involve perspective. Ooh, well said, goosebumps. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, I'll give you an example. Right now in my um, job, um, the building where I work is uh, under construction. And so many things no longer occur here, which means that I need to go to other buildings. And for people who are not familiar with Pittsburgh, it's hilly. And my office is actually on a a hill that's nicknamed Cardiac Hill because of its steepness. And um, so it has caused uh, change, and some of or a lot of the change was not what would have been my choice. And I could do what some of my colleagues do, which is complain and take it, you know, that how this is personally affecting me in, in a negative way. Or I can acknowledge it and acknowledge that it's not personal. This is just an external circumstance and how um, and to recognize that it by accepting the external circumstance at the moment that it does change the everyday quality of my life in terms of what I do or or how I go about it and that I need to leave more time to be able to to switch between things um, to be able to get there. And I could spend a lot of time and a lot of negative emotion around it and feel truly crappy. Or I can just see it as another process and let it go. And letting it go around the any emotion that involves it being personal just makes it neutral. And so I it's what I do, you know. Oh, this street is closed, I need it, I'll find another way. That's all. And because I know that the universe has my best interests, I'll get there when I need to get there. All right. Well, you're practicing exactly what Jamie's saying in chat room. She says, I think the hardest aspect for me if something upsetting or frustrating occurs is to find enough better feeling thoughts to get me closer and closer um, on the joy scale because she can get one or two steps higher, but that isn't joy yet at that point usually. So getting to joy is still sometimes more effort. You know what I think, Jamie? We get credit just for taking one or two steps. I'd celebrate that already because we're already vibrationally, um, that's that's the kind of shift that makes a difference. So I wouldn't even feel like, oh, but I'm not to joy yet. I'd be like, yay, I feel better. Right. I mean, joy joy is whatever the next, I mean, having a hierarchy doesn't work for me. What works is just moving from the unpleasant feeling. I want to say, I, uh, Susan's given us such a great example of that, that notion that because she's so practiced at joy, because she's she's made that choice and she's practiced, now when something that would be, that has the potential to be irritating occurs, she's got this kind of, it's like a muscle that's built up so well that it's, you know, compared to how her colleagues are responding, it's way, way easier for her to exercise that choice. Um, I think it's brilliant. Well, let's talk about your identity shifting work, Janet, because when Susan was sharing it, it made me feel uh, some inspiration around just deci- if I If I decided that I was a happy person, this isn't somewhere yes. I'm going to go. This is something I decide to be. It seems to me that that, some might call it an affirmation, but as I embrace the identity of someone who's familiar with joy or however, whatever words I want to put around it, that feels like that'd be super effective too, don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely, and and it still requires practice. It still requires, yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's 
that's actually one of the things that I use myself is um, I have a, um, I, I've talked about this on other calls, but I have a reminder on my phone that goes off every 15 minutes, except when I'm actually recording something for a client. Um, uh, but it goes off every 15 minutes and it has a little, you know, I've written a number of different things that, that are triggers for me to sort of basically the question, for each of them, the question or the instruction is something like, are you plugged into resonant joy? If not, what would it take to get plugged in? And it's, and because for, for me, because this is, there's, you know, there's no one size fits all. There's never a one size fits all. But for me, in order to become a person who is, who spends more time in joy than not, because I think the idea that we have to be in joy 24-7 is also a bit of a... Overwhelming, a, right? Yeah. Yeah, and we came here to experience the full tapestry. But if our if we if our default, you know, I want my default space to be joy, um, uh, you know, which is I think what what Susan's done so well is to mm -hmm. that's, that's she's chosen for that to be her default normal. Yeah. Um, so when this little reminder goes off, and you know, often it's it's on vibrate and sitting in my pocket, and I I just feel this little buzz, and it makes me smile because it's like. Oh yeah, I am there. Uh, and if I'm not there, then that's my opportunity to do whatever particular technique is going to get me there. Um, Jenna, and sometimes that's just getting me to relief. <laughs> sometimes I can't get to joy. <laughs> I, I, Janet, for anyone who is interested in hearing more about your process or identity shifting as a way to embrace joy, they should know about your Identity Shifting Ninja group. Would you just mention really quickly how people can connect with that? Because it's a fabulous resource that exists outside of GVU, so I feel compelled to point people towards it. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, my uh, my website is identityshift.ninja. And uh, if you go to the Start Here tab, there's a Start Here Freebies tab. Uh, if you go there and scroll down, there's a, a bit about the Facebook group. That's the easiest way to get there because it's a private group, so you can't see it unless think, you're already friended. Yeah. I think all conscious creators <laughs> would do well to do um, some identity-shifting work with you. It's just a super powerful way for us to embrace our manifesting powers. Um, okay, thanks for that, Janet. I know we're getting Thank near you. the top of the hour, but there are a couple people we haven't heard from who... Well, and anyone who's dialed in who has other things that they want to add, I just want to make sure everyone's got some time to share. So let's hear what thoughts have not been expressed yet. Anyone got anything? I was thinking about how um, it, it invites me to look at what am I making important in my life more so than joy and just be really conscious about that because I kind of feel like with a, a higher level of awareness it's going to make it so much easier because I don't have a problem with trusting it maybe once upon a time I was a little nervous but that's not an issue for me anymore I think I just need to be more conscious really um, and I was also thinking too that for for maybe this speaks to what Jamie was saying in chat room you know what, it, maybe joy isn't what we're shooting for. Maybe after you guys listen to Cindy's call, you might be shooting for passion or you might be shooting for relief or something else. But whatever it is that we want to experience more, let's just choose it <laughs> and then follow through on the choice. I think that if we engage what we know about creating our life the way we want it to be, we'll find this can be very easy work. It doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be a big deal. But um, when we think of all of the instruction we get in conscious creation circles for feeling good, I just want everyone to be really inspired is really what I want you to walk away from this call as inspired to feel your power to choose whatever it is that you prefer. So if anyone has anything else, I'm handing over the microphone. Otherwise, we will call this one a wrap and check in with each other on our roundtable call in two weeks. Uh, Jeanette, this is Nancy. I just copied into chat the link to the manifesting thread that I was talking oh, about right earlier. Thank so you. people uh, who are not familiar with that can click on it. And yeah, I think you've covered 
a lot of this, which really boils down to making a choice and then committing to it and, and committing to creating a new habit. Well, I'll tell you what, last month when we were studying focus, it rocked my world to get better at that. Anyone who's read the August thread knows what I'm talking about. I cannot wait to see what happens as I commit to feeling better <laughs> this month. <laughs> so, um, yeah, here's to having some fun with that. I hope you guys enjoyed this call. I really loved this discussion. Thanks to everyone who chimed in for it. I um, hope you enjoy the rest of the week, and we'll see you on another call soon. Thank you, Jeanette. Thank you, Jeanette.